intertwined. Let's start with this. The Gemara, the, Gemara, the oral law tells us that this is a whole, whole discussion about Chana. Chana was one of the greatest Jewish women. We actually learn all examples, not all examples, I shouldn't say all. We learn a, a several, several laws on, um, on prayer, on, on, on how we pray, the, the formality of it, and, and actually the structure of it from, from Chana. Example, simple example is in silent prayer, that, that, uh, that, that your, wor- your words, your lips should be moving, but not necessarily that your, your sound that should be heard. You learn that from Chana. What was she, what was she, what was she in such an emotional state about? The story goes, she came to, this is previous to the temple, she, she, went to, um, she went to one of the places that, where it was called the Mishkan, which is the pre- pregenitor of the temple. It's like the, 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 the traveling temple when it was in the desert. And then when we went to Israel, it went to, went to Shiloh, went to a few other places before it obviously eventually came to Jerusalem. And the temple. So she went to before before she went into Jerusalem. Before the 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 permanent dwelling place went into Jerusalem, it was in Shiloh, and she went there to pray. And the head person there, Eli Eli a Cohen, the, the head Cohen, sees this woman um, in a in a very emotional state. So much so that he thinks that she is drunk. And he accuses her of being drunk. And she responds back to him, I'm not drunk. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woman that's in, in a tremendous amount of pain. And the pain is that she wasn't able to have a child. She wasn't able to have a child and she was pouring out her heart and pouring out her soul and giving the expression that you know, obviously screaming out to God that she wants a child in many different ways and all different aspects of, of her life and looking at life and how, how it's not fair that she doesn't have a child and this one, this one would have a child and trying every aspect of screaming out to God in, in, in a nature that she can relate the pain and the ultimate desire of, of having a child. In one of those expressions, she says something very um, difficult to understand. So she says there, the Gemara describes that she made a request after, after a whole, whole expression of her heart. She said, I only want my child to basically be average. I don't want it to be too tall. I don't want it to be too smart. I don't want it to be too dumb. Um, I don't want it to be fat. I don't want it to be skinny. I want it to be average. One of the commentators, Rashi, says that, you know, he, she didn't want him to have what's called an Ein Hara. The Persians know what that means, right? 
the Persians are very into this. They put eggs on their uh, on their cars, right, and do all kinds of crazy things to for 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 to prevent to prevent what's called ein hara. Ein hara means a a. Um, a what? Bad eye. Bad eye, but the evil eye, right? But, uh, you know, it's almost like you can say superstitious in some sense, but has a Jewish source to it. The Ein Hara, which is the evil eye, which a lot of people ask, is it, is it real? Is it, does it have a source to it? Well, it actually does. Yes, there is a source to it. There is a reality to it. But it's, it's one that if only if a person is worthy of having the Ein Hara. Meaning if you're the one that is out, out there and flashy and showy and, order, and hurting people with your show, showiness, then the Ein Hara, then this, you know, this, uh, I don't even know how to say it again in English. It doesn't make sense, the evil, evil eye. eye. But the... The, the, the attraction of negative force, the attraction of a negative force and attention of the negative force only comes to a person that's created it. Only, only comes to a person that's created it, which we're going to get to develop it in a second. So, that being said though, we have a difficult problem. What is she asking for her son to be an average person? Why, why would you ask for your son to be average? Wouldn't you want your son to excel? Wouldn't you want that a person, that your children, you should be saying, and, and you for yourself, obviously should be the best, should be the greatest. Right? There is, um, you know, there is uh, the State of Union tonight. There was, um, reminds me of a, leaving out the politics. I see people already, some, some rolling their eyes. Okay, whatever. Fine. Um, the, the, uh, there, was, there was the first, the first uh, president, um, uh, this was already going years back, and uh, it, was, it was actually, you know, in the future when, when the first Jewish president, hopefully not, hopefully not in the near future, that's my political commentary, but okay, I'll leave it out. Um, <laughs> But uh, he, you know, let's say theoretically gets gets to the gets to the uh, wins the election on election day. He's, he's you know he's calling calling his calling his parents who are still alive to come and come to the sit in the in the in the booth where where you know is the the first Jewish president will be elected, and he's trying to convince them. And he's like, no, you know, we we can't. We're in Florida. It's too difficult of a journey. You know, it's, it's too, too much for us. So he's like, no, 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 I'll send my private jet to pick you up and be no problem. No, there'll be too much traffic. It's Washington, D.C. We're not like this. No, 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 no. We're going to send that uh, personal, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to land right in, uh, in, the, in the space right by the White House. Don't worry. It's all set for you. Everything's fine. So fine. Convinces them to come. They sit. And... Um, and they come to the, the election night, and they're, they're seeing, and, and the, finally the son, the first Jewish president, comes up to the podium, and the mother taps, taps the, the lady next to her and says, you see that, see that guy over there? She's like, yeah, yeah, you, who? You see that guy over there? Yeah, yeah, 
that, that's my son. You know, his brother is a doctor. <laughs> I knew it. Very nice. His brother is a doctor. The Persian Jew? <laughs> really? What kind of doctor? Every, everyone, everyone wants... Everyone, everyone wants, everyone wants the, the famous, you know, Jewish uh, doctor or lawyer or, or someone that is, that is, uh, that is, that is successful, the best, you know, my, my, uh, the, they, they say when, when is, um, according to, according to Jewish mothers, when is a, uh, a baby, uh, viable and fully, fully uh, developed. It's when when they finish graduate school, right? So that the uh, the, the 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 idea the idea of uh, excel excelling and being the best is only is only a Jewish trait. So why would she ask? Why would she ask for the baby to just be average? To stand out. Why do they ask them for them to be average? Safety. Not have Ayn Haran on exactly. the kid. So that, that, was, that was maybe what Rashi was saying, not to have Ayn Haran on the kid. But it's, it's a little bit difficult, which we're going to develop. We'll develop in a second. The idea, however, who was the baby that came out? The baby that came out was one of the greatest Jewish prophets who uh, anointed the first two kings of Israel. His name was Shmuel. He anointed Shaul, who was the first king, and King David, who is, is the ultimate king, right? King David. So who was that? It was her child, Shmuel. And Shmuel, in our, again, in our tradition, not to get off topic, but it says that he was in some ways comparison, incomparable in greatness to Moshe and Aaron together. To motion and Aaron combined again in a certain aspect, certain aspect. But wasn't sorry, but wasn't Moshe also seen as just an ordinary man? Uh, no, but uh, that's a whole different, different, different larger discussion. Moshe grew up in the in the uh, in the palace. He was uh, when he was born. He was with light. He was seen as an incredibly powerful individual, right? The the. Uh, you get Moshe your neighbor. The um, but but the idea the idea of 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 Shmuel becoming the greatest prophet mm-hmm. when she was praying for him to be average. Mm-hmm. So the answer is, and this is such a powerful concept that we all have to ingrain in us, is one uh, one. One of the commentaries of Chaim Shmulevit says such a powerful concept. He says that even the most average Jew has the ability and potential to change himself from being average to being the greatest. Do you hear that? The, the person, here, listen to this idea again. The average person, obviously he came down and he had average traits. He was going to be an average Joe. He was being an average person. Shmuel would have been, not Shmuel the prophet, but Samuel the, 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 uh, 
the, uh, no, what's it called? The Sandler, right? The person that fixed his shoes. That's what, that's what it was supposed to be. And that's what he had inherently in his traits. And yet, in every single Jew has the capability, even if they are average, to become the greatest. That, that in itself is an incredibly powerful, powerful concept that we have to ingrain in, in, in ourselves. And now it, may, it also makes sense what, what, uh, why Chana was requesting that. And, and let's, let's try to dive, dive in deeper to understand that. So why not... Why not immediately allow him and bestow and pray to have the greatest, the greatest traits? Why only, why only ask for average? Because don't you need to have some kind of struggle in order to achieve greatness? So let's develop that. Let's, exactly. Let's try to develop that. How many people, how many people look at the... the, the um, the world and and say like the world is complete you know the, how many people look at the world and say you know it's it's really it's really a good place everything's in the world like is running well things are are, are happening in a, in a uh, in the way that it should be, you know that it, it, the world is you know perfect. It's, it's kind of in its completion, right? How many, how many people? How many people think that? No, right? And honestly, a lot of people have this question: How could there be God? Look at look at all the tragedy and all the all the imperfections in the world, right? You ever had that question? Yeah. You look at the world and you see all the imperfections. So then how could there be a God out there if there's all these imperfections? If there's all these tragedies and all these things that are happening. So the concept is the concept is that we are here, we are here to develop. We're here to grow. We're here to make this a better place and a better. We are here to fix and in essence, um, change the world. That, that is our role. That is our goal. That is our purpose. If we look at the world and we say it's not, it's not perfect, that's only because, that's only because you're only looking at where we are in the process. We're only so far in the process. Who's here to complete it? We are. We are. That's our goal. That's what we're here for. So what's preventing us? What's preventing us? 
We are. But what inside of us is preventing it? Don't we all, don't we all want to complete and make this world better? Mm-hmm. Don't we all want to make it greater? So then how come, we, how come we're not accomplishing? How come we're not doing it? People don't have the faith that if they're normal, they don't have the faith that, faith that they can become incredible, amazing, at their, to their best potential. And so things don't get done. So people don't have the, the, the confidence to, to do it, I hear, absolutely. So here, this is where I want to get into... What we said is, what is Kabbalah? It says that the world, when the world was created, when the world was created, there was also a creation of what's called the Ten Sfirot. Ten Sfirot, there's different levels of, of um, the aspect of within creation and there's different aspects there's that's broken down to four is all different aspects within it there's different levels within each part of the world there is concept of yesod which is more the animalistic side there's a concept of netzach which is eternity there's all these different levels again that I don't know anything about that you go through of how Hashem created different structures and crusts within the world, within spirituality, until you get to our world. Hmm. And in each level, each level, for example, again, I mentioned Yesod. What is Yesod? Every person has to fix within some level of creation the aspect of Yesod, which is in essence in in a in a um, more uh, I guess rude term, terminology is the sexual desire. Everyone has to be able to fix within themselves to be able to create the right level within that aspect within the world, within ourselves also. Meaning, just like the world was created with all these different levels within reality, that's a reality of spirituality coming down to this world, a person has that same level inside of him. The Gemara tells us that, that every single soul is a world unto himself. Mm-hmm. Every single soul is a world unto himself. Meaning what? Internally we have so many different levels within ourselves. And every time that we fix within ourselves an aspect, what do we do to the, the external world? Heal it. We fix that aspect within our role within the ter- external world. And every time that, God forbid, we do damage in an internal way, what do we do in an external way? create damage in the external world. That which is, the the way the Kabbalists say that that which is in this world that is preventing us 
from being able to fix our multiple levels is what's called klipot. Klipot. What are klipot? When you say that in Hebrew, what does that mean? Anyone know? Peels. Shells. Peels. Shells. The exterior. What happens when you, when you have peels around you? What happens? You're covered. You're, you're covered. You're smothered. Insulated. You're, you're insulated. You, you, can't, you can't break out of... You can't break out. You can't rip through them. It, it, it just covers you. It smothers you. That's what the, the, the Kabbalists say is called Tumah. Tumah is impurity. Levels of impurity that you add on, that you're smothered and you're smothered and you're smothered and you're smothered, and you're smothered until it's what? so covered that no real level of inspiration or elevation can break out. In essence, what happens, and you see it so many times, what, what happens from levels, you know, everyone has in their life different moments of inspiration that they go through, right? Everyone has them. Yeah. And question is, ask yourself, why, why can't I live on that elevation? Why didn't I, why didn't I have the capability to, to turn that elevation, turn those high levels that I've had and experienced in my life to permanent aspects in my life of real growth? You're so contaminated from all the sins that you've accumulated over these years. So... In, in, a different, in a different terminology, what I would say is it's because we're not able to change, we're not able to change and make those moments of inspiration to moments of real growth. The way the Kabbalists would describe it is the klipot that are built around us, meaning when we hit elevations, we hit inspirations, we're on such a high level. But what brings us down? What brings you down from high, from high, the moments of highs where you're like, wow, this, I'm inspired. I have an amazing experience. I'm, life is, is tremendous. I have a clarity in life. It's, it's, I know what I need to accomplish. I know what I need to do. I know what I want out of life. What, what brings you down? Test. Time. Test. Yeah, Time. Yeah. Daily life. Temptations. Temptations. Aspects of... I'm not being realistic. I can't really achieve this. It's not really real. It's not being realistic. I'm not being practical. Fear. Fear. All those aspects in general, in Kabbalistic terminology, are called klipot. Those are the things that smother us. Smother us and bring us down and don't allow us to grow. And don't allow us to accomplish and fix what we're supposed to be doing in this world. And becoming tremendous individuals. Psychology. What does psychology say? 
does how does no there is one one part that I want to want to focus on in particular there's there is a um, there's something that came out of recently um, in in psychology as far as motivational what's called motivational interviewing motivational interviewing and within it it's really used I, I heard this um, there's a doctor in Jerusalem I know Dr. Friedman uh, the, the way my connection to him is his, his current study partner in Israel was my uh, was my study partner 10 years ago he was he's the doctor of uh, he's the head he, he was formerly the head doctor of uh, Shari Tzedek uh, hospital um, so he mentioned this this uh, this idea when I heard it I was like blown away and it's really used it's really used for um, to help anyone it's really used for anyone that is um, it's really used for anyone that has addictions or anyone that has um, real real problems of you know drug abuse or alcoholism or um, real lack of motivation in life. But I, I would say and look at, I would say and look at, that's really our generation. It's really our generation. <clears throat> Your generation. <laughs> <laughs> So, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> I'm still young, all right? I'm still young. <laughs> at heart, at heart. Okay. Um, the, and and the, idea, the idea comes out like this. And it's so powerful because it, from a Jewish point of view, this is, this is really the concept of growth. We always talk about growth, but how do you really do it? How do you really accomplish how do you really get yourself to really develop and move and be responsible with your growth? Now, we can continuously talk about the idea and the needing of becoming great, but if we don't have a real detailed plan of how to accomplish, then you won't accomplish. It won't happen. Naturally speaking, in this world that we live in, it is built by and are constantly attracted to what? Klipot. The idea of smothering or the idea of not growing, the idea of being lazy, the idea of following what everyone else is doing, following the herd, not developing, not growing, not pushing yourself, not creating a, an environment where, you, where you're constantly pushing yourself and becoming a, a tremendous individual. It's the opposite. Don't grow. Be lazy. And I mean by lazy, it doesn't mean not going to work. That's all I'm talking about. I'm saying being lazy in anything that is really meaningful of growth. Don't, don't fool yourself also in saying, what do you mean? I work. I get up at, at, at uh, 7 in the morning and I go to work all day and I do all these things. And then, I, Okay, great, fine. 
but in the aspect of really developing who you are. What are you really doing in, in that aspect? Same time. Volunteer work. Who's really going to work at 7 in the morning? No, I said I'm not <coughs> waiting to work at okay. 7 in the morning. Good. People work like slaves for no meaning. So, so I want to I focus. It doesn't mean that in general a person has to be, you know, sitting and watching TV all day. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in any aspect of really developing ourselves and pushing ourselves to the, to the next level to become great individuals. We don't have that natural inspiration. It doesn't happen naturally. Quite the opposite. The actual natural aspect is just to float to the bottom and rest. That's the natural state. So how do we do it? How do we accomplish this? So one is you got to find your motivation for change. You have to really find your motivation for change. And for someone, you know, it can't be, I know I have to be a good person. No. I, I, you know, I, I, my personal pet peeve is when, when, uh, when I hear this. This used to be, I used to hear this a lot more than usual for, in the past. Um, oh, you know, I'm a good person. That's, all, that's good enough. It's just, just be a good person, Right. That's all you have to do. Why do you have to do all these things? And, you know, uh, God just wants you to be a good person, right? So that's just be a good person. Good what? Per- that's what my grandma said. Exactly. Good person right? to who? You're God just wants to be, be a good person. So just be a good person. What does that mean to be a good person? So, first and foremost, leaving, leaving aside the, the, uh, the issues on that, on that statement on, on a philosophical level, so, okay, go be a good person. That's going to be good enough. That's motivational enough. That's finding within us the ability to really change and grow and develop every single day. No. So every single person has to find within them what is the strength and what are my weaknesses to really be able to accomplish this. What is motivating inside me on a daily basis to say, I need to change, I need to grow. Give me an example. There was a, uh, um, a drunk, a very, very, uh, very bad drunk. That this is the example uh, that I heard from the, the Dr. Friedman. It's a very uh, sad story, but funny story in some sense. He was uh, in a clinic and the Dr. O'Shea, who was uh, an Irish drunk, who was uh, in, in his intoxicated state, I guess you could call it detox, for 100, the 118th time. He was wow. 29 years old. His liver was almost gone because he had hepatitis from, from the drinking. He was on his third wife, who was getting divorced from him. He had, he had 29. He had... He had he had uh, three kids and three illegitimate kids, right, from, uh, from uh, different ones. And, no, Irish Catholic, right? So, um, and he, he was just like completely, like, 
you know, rock bottom, rock bottom. And uh, so they said, you know, this Dr. Friedman comes and says to him, you know, listen, you know, we, we, we got to, I'm here to help. I'm here to help you, you get, you know, change your life. He's like, I'm happy. What do you mean? My life is great. <laughs> and he says, well, you know, um, I think your, 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 your wife is uh, probably looking to divorce you from the conversation that I heard. It's fine. I'll find a fourth one. He says, well, you know, your, your kids are probably not going to want to have anything to do with you. Well, who says they're really my kids anyway? Um, and he says, uh, you know, my, uh, your, your liver is about to give, give out. He says, well, you know, my best friend had a liver <laughs> transplant. It's okay. He's still living. He's like thinking, you know, where am I going with this? He's like, you know, um, really? Like, really? And he says, and then he heard his, um, his, uh, I think one of his illegitimate sons comes in and comes in and says, listen, you know, dad, I got some bad news for you. Um, while you were so drunk, the, your, the, the dog came and, and uh, ripped up your Larry Bird uh, signed autograph jersey. No. And he's, he's like, that's it. He lost it. He started crying. <laughs> he started crying and he lost it. He said, you know, I, that's it. I got to change. I got to change. This can't happen, you know. Uh-huh. You got you to find the motivation. You got to find the, whatever the motivation is. You got to find the motivation, even if it's not so real, even if it's like ridiculous inside of us. And if you would tell to another person, whatever your motivation is, they would laugh at you and say like, really, are you being serious? Yeah. So Larry Bird was his motivation. It's Jersey. The signed Jersey was his motivation. Correct. Sounds more like a Dennis Rodman guy. All right. His motivation so, is to live. To, to make a change and stop being a drunkard. Yes. That was his motivation. If he wasn't so drunk, he would have stopped the dog from, 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 uh, from ripping up into the, the, tearing up the shirt. Yeah. You should have had it free. Oh, yeah. I don't know how that's all So the idea, the idea, the idea and the concept, the idea and the concept is clear. We have to find within us a motivation to want to really change, whatever that is. Whether it be that, you know what, my life is not where it needs to be. My connection and my relationships are not, are not what they're supposed to be. My internal reactions to people are not what they're supposed to be. My jealousy is not what it's supposed to be. My anger is not what it's supposed to be. Whatever the trait inside of you that, that you need to find that you need to define and say, you know what, that, how I reacted to that person was, was not, okay. that, you need to find it inside yourself. It needs to come out within yourself. This is not acceptable and I need to develop and grow. I need to change. Is that why, like in Shimon's says, my jealousy towards others, let it go away. Their jealousy towards me. You're too religious, too religious. Am I right or wrong? <laughs> Part of it, yes, that's, that's the idea of, of finding things, yeah.
That's one of the concepts of, of the, within the prayer. Also, before at that sleep. point, at that point, once you find once you find that motivation, once you find that motivation, we have to we have to evoke and really accept it, the approach of what we're doing, meaning. Find find your strengths. Find your strength that that which is going to help you actually change. Find that strength within inside of you, the positives. And use that to really grow. And everyone has them. Everyone has them. In essence, Hashem has created us in such a fashion that, of course, we have these faults inside of us. Who gave us these faults? God. Who created them? That's how we were born. So, in essence, who gave it to us? Parents. So you can't blame God. I'm just saying. A lot of people want to blame blame their parents, but really, it's the wrong place. You blame God. God is your parent. Come on, man. It's a challenge. <laughs> it's a challenge she gave you to overcome. It's it's, it's the cha- it's the challenge that was given to you. It's the challenge that everyone has. Adversity. That situation, the adversity, that place, that in essence is what are we're in this planet to overcome. Does that mean nobody's perfect? Overcome life for sure. That is exactly what was given to us. In essence, again, going back to Hannah, that's what she's praying for. I want my kid to be average. What is she asking for? Is that to overcome adversity? The opposite. That he will overcome adversity. Think about it. If he was born with only the greatest traits, he was born with super tremendous abilities. He was incredibly intelligent. It's no challenge. It's so easy. Everything comes so natural. And yet, what did he say? He became the greatest. How did he become the greatest? He, oh, he is the one that followed and was able to overcome and actually become the greatest. He made himself the greatest. It, it didn't come as a natural state and a gift from God. It came as him fixing himself and ultimately changing the world. She only had one kid. Yeah. It, it took her a while to have a kid. She had to... From a Jewish point of view. <laughs> right, Yeah. If she really wanted him to like overcome so much struggle, why not pray for him to like not be average, be like below average? Well, no, because then <laughs> it's below average. You don't want you don't want him to be a handicapped. Then he'll just reach average by you. You want you want you want him to you want him to be average in order to to be able to to be able to not be handicapped but also be able to give him the average. So he can he can really get to the the, the state of greatness. But let's let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. I want to stay with the more practical practical aspect. So again, within the level of success, yeah. How do we achieve? How do we get to that point of level of success? One is one is the aspect of being able to. Figure out what small, little steps of growth. Really, really accept for ourselves whatever that, whatever that motivation for change is. Now be able to, uh, to make it concrete 
and also within that aspect of it, figure out small steps that we can do to achieve that next incremental stage, the next level. And then evaluate it. Meaning what? Pick something very small, small in essence, not, nothing huge, nothing like tremendous, you know, that's it, you know, back to Mr. Uh, Mr. Drunk or Mr. Uh, the, the Irish, Celtics. the Irish uh, Mr. O'Shea, you know, don't say, you know, I'm going to tomorrow, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, tomorrow, that's it, I'm going cold turkey. I'm, I'm going to stop drinking for, forever. It's not going to work. What are you talking about? You have an anger problem. You have a jealousy problem. That's it. I'm not going to be jealous tomorrow. That's it. Tomorrow, tomorrow I'm waking out of bed. I'm not going to be jealous. Right? Come, who are you joking? What, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of, who are you fooling? It's not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen by just saying tomorrow I'm not going to do this. What do you have to, what does it have to be? Action. Tomorrow in the case where I usually get angry when I know that when I meet this person and they tell me a certain thing, I usually get angry. Analyze it. Figure out when there's a normal case that I usually get angry and, con- and then pick that one moment, that one time, one moment, and say, you know what, at that point, I'm not, I'm going to fully work on myself to be prepared for when that person says a comment to me, I'm not going to react. And I'm going to say it over and over and over and over to myself. So that is a measurable, real act. It's measurable. When this person says a certain word to me, I usually react. So therefore, I'm going to prepare myself mentally, physically. So when this person reacts to me, I'm not going to snap snap and react back at them. Mm -hmm. It's measurable. It's attainable. And it's able to be achieved. You hear that? Once you're able to measure and attain it, you, you actually gain momentum. You gain confidence. You start believing in yourself that you can actually change. One other aspect to that is it has to be very concrete. It can't be, you know, I'm eventually going to get to stop being a jealous person. I'm going to eventually stop speaking. Um, uh, how do you say it in English? I'm, I'm, I'm eventually going to stop gossiping. Thank you. I'm eventually going to stop gossiping and talking about other people. Which, by the way, is, is, a, is a real horrific um, item, which we should maybe talk about on a Tuesday night. Um, the, the idea of of being able to make it a real and a concrete action. What does that mean? I am tomorrow, I am this week, I am this month going to stop myself from reacting to this person. I am this week, tomorrow, next week, this month, not going to react within myself or tell myself I can't react in a manner of jealousy. Rather, I'm going to say praises to the person that I'm jealous of. I'm going to openly say it. Even if I say to myself, 
oh, instead of getting the jealousy swarming and boiling inside of me, I'm going to say, wow, that person's a beautiful person. Wow, that person has a beautiful life. Wow, that person has a, 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 an amazing attitude. Whatever that may be that inside you that boils up, whatever that trait that, that inside that, that prevents you from achieving who you're supposed to be, you have to make it concrete. It has to be measurable. You have to be able to attain it. This is something that we have to, we have to do. There's, there's, no other, there's no other options in life. One other, one other, one other, other approach to be able to add on to this is another trick, I'll say, is to put a scale on however important this is. So if you're able to say, you know, I have a, again, going back to anger or jealousy approach, but if I say to myself, how important is it for me to get over this in my life? And if you say, well, it's about, out of a 10 scale, it's about a four, it's about a five. So then you can ask yourself, well, how do I make it a real scale and get it to number six or number seven? How do I increase the level of urgency inside myself? Another aspect of what's the klipot, or that which prevents us from growing, is lack of urgency. Yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah, it's not so important. Yeah, I'm not so bad. It's not really that bad. Yeah, and you know what? It's, it's really okay. You know, maybe I'll get to it in, in the next year or the following years. Instead of really realizing it's now, I, I got to create a, self, a level of urgency. So again, just as a trick, as a trick inside yourself, say, okay, what, what, what level of, of, of a scale do I put on it? And then say, no, I gotta, how do I get it to the next level? So if I said five, how do I get it to six or seven? How do I develop that level of urgency within ourselves to be able to say, you know what? No, no, I'm going to, I'm going to really develop this. I'm going to really get to, this, to the next level. And as we really check, and finally, I'll say, as we really check ourselves and analyze it, be real with yourself. Give yourself a real grade. How am I really performing? A am, I, am I being successful? I mean, on the, again, on the small, even on the, on the small traits, on the small little tests, am I being successful? Am I really developing? Am I really growing? Did I re was I really successful in that? And analyze the situation. When that person said that word, I said, I know, I made it concrete. I will not respond tomorrow to when this person says, or this week or this month, when I meet this person that usually gets me upset, and they say X, Y, and Z, I usually react. Was I successful in not reacting? What was my reaction? What was my internal reaction? What were my feelings? Really analyze it. Check it. Check yourself. And give yourself a real grade. If you failed, be real with yourself. I failed. I'm going to get back on the horse. I'm going to be able to accomplish 
the, the, next, the next situation, I'll be able to really do it. I'll, I'll accomplish. And start building yourself. Because as you start seeing the little, little steps of success, the more, more you're able to put into and actually realize, I was successful on this moment. Yesterday, I set a goal and I accomplished it. I set a goal for the week, I accomplished it. I set a goal for the month, I accomplished it. Wow, I'm really developing and I'm really growing. It gives you the confidence, it gives you the energy to really grow and develop. And in essence, what are you doing in the Kabbalistic world? You're breaking through and ripping off the klipot. You're ripping off the shells. You're fixing yourself, and in essence, you're fixing the world. So again, just to, just to be clear about what, we're, what we said, find the motivation inside of yourself. What is the motivational change that you need to accomplish, right? What, what is it that's going to, inside of yourself, realize that moment, find your Larry Bird shirt? Where, where is it? Find it inside of yourself. What, what is that, that thing that motivates you to find inside of yourself to, to, to push you to grow? Find, find the, the actual traits that you need to change. Look at what strengths you have inside of yourselves to be able to enact that change, to be able to enact that growth. Once you've found that, once you've analyzed and realized it, set real concrete, concrete examples. Set real concrete goals to be able to really be able to enact those changes. Set it. Set it for the day, for the week, for the month, and make it so it's able to be able to analyze it. So you can therefore look at it and say, I am accomplishing. I am able to do it. You're able to really analyze that level of growth. And then of course, give yourself the sense of urgency. The trick I mentioned is give yourself the scale. Make it urgent because that level of, of, of quote unquote laziness or in essence pushing it off is, is a trait that we all have. Yeah, I'll get to it tomorrow. How can we never get to it? I always say, I'll get to it tomorrow. It, it never becomes really tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's usually pushed off for the next day, the next day, a week, later, a day later, later, until it never happens. Because we lack the self, that level of urgency inside of ourselves. And finally, analyze it, check yourself, give yourself a real report card internally. Because the beauty of it is when you start to see the small incremental growth, it gives you this, the energy level of happiness, level of satisfaction inside of yourself to be able to say, wow, I'm really accomplishing, I'm really growing. I'll, uh, I'll end with a, a, uh, a story that I mentioned previously, you might have heard it, but it's one of, one of my favorites, um, very much on, the, on, this, on this idea. There is in, in 1977, a, a, a uh, unfortunate accident 
a car was driving on the middle of the street normally, and a six-year-old was biking, and the car didn't see the six-year-old as it, as it made like a turn, and, and the six-year-old was out on the bike in the street. And the car hit the bike, and the kid went underneath the car and was stuck underneath the car. Literally under, stuck underneath the car, implanted under the car. And a crowd was getting, gathering around, and they obviously called the ambulance, and they, and they were trying to, to, to help the kid out, out of the, uh, under the car, but they couldn't. No one could move the car. No one could pick up the car. No one could do anything. Until one of the woman was walking by, a grandmother, a 63-year-old grandmother, Laura, Laura Schultz is her name. You can, you can Google it. And uh, she, she was walking by and she saw like the, the, the commotion. She walks over and she realizes it's her grandchild. Oh my God. So she runs over to the car. She runs over to the car and she picks it up. She literally picks up the car, lifts it up. 63-year-old grandmother lifts up the car from 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 the from underneath the the uh the the bottom of the frame not like not like this but just picks it up enough where they're able to pull out her grandchild oh. he was taken to the hospital he survived wow. so this laura laura schultz um was was there's a uh, a guy that that run uh, that wrote a book I think in in like two thousand three of how to become a successful indiv- uh, how to become a successful I forgot the exact title um, how to become a successful individual um, how to make success in life or something I I'll try to remember the title it's popped out of my mind anyway he was he was writing a book. And he wanted to interview this Laura Schultz. And he calls her and he, and, he, and he sends messages to her and he sends a letter to her. And, he, and she never responds. She's always ducking his call. And finally, after like, uh, of like a month of really harassing this lady, he finally like, was able to get an interview with her. And he, one of the questions he asked her is like, why were you ducking me for so long? Like, what's the problem? This is, this is like one of the most amazing stories I think the world has ever heard, let alone, you know, like, you know, the, you should be wanting to share it with the entire world. It's such an inspiring moment, such an inspiring story. Like, why were you ducking me for so long? So Laura Schultz answers and said, I know what your book was about, because you, you told me from the start. And uh, I realized... That 63 years old, in my level and where I am, that if I, after that moment, I really did a lot of soul searching, and I said to myself, if I was able to lift a car as a out of shape 63 year old grandmother, what could I have really accomplished? over my years in my life. And what greatness could I have really achieved? And I know your book is in essence about greatness. So that really, uh, that's what I've been running from. 
That's what she answered him. If I was able to accomplish and make such an amazing act of lifting, an impossible act of lifting up a car to save my grandchild, what could I have really accomplished and what kind of energies I could have mustered in my life to really accomplish amazing things in my life? By the way, the 60-year-old grandmother went back to school. She never finished college and she became a PhD, I think, in mathematics and became a professor at the age of whatever it was, 70 years old. Wow. The ability, the ability is in every single one of us. Even if we have quote unquote average traits, even if we're just the average person and we look at ourselves of, oh, you know, what can I really accomplish? I'm just the average guy. I have this. I'm just the average mind. I have the average abilities. I have the average strength. I have the average. Yeah, correct. Shmuel was average. He became the greatest. Every single one of us have that same internal, quote unquote, averageness. And we have that same ability to become the greatest. And we have the obligation to become the greatest. Hopefully you, you, you've gained some, some points from psychology, from Kabbalah, to really develop ourselves in becoming great individuals. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much. So how do you know that whatever you choose to walk on, is actually is a, is a growth. It's not... Say it again one more time. How do you know whatever you choose to 